Welcome to the Beacons of Rayry podcast, episode number 10. Woo! I can't believe I'm already at episode number 10. I am so excited for this episode. Um, it's with my friend Victoria, my new friend Victoria, and it's all about overcoming your fear of public speaking. But it's not just that. This this message is for everybody. Even if you don't feel that you have a fear of public speaking, it's basically overall on how to gain more confidence on your in your life to live the more most authentic you. I also want to give a shout out to my latest review and it's from Stacy 1999. It was really sweet. Once again, it means a lot to me to get this message out there if you can rate and review the show on um, Apple Podcasts. So I'm really grateful for that. Also, I've been thinking, uh, I was going to throw this out there, that maybe you all can help me come up with an idea of what to call you, my audience members. Um, As an example, you know, a lot of times if you have people that are in your audience, you give them a nickname. So I listened to this one podcast by Rachel Luna, and she calls her people lunatics. Or I I listened to another podcast called Entrepreneurs, Entrepreneurs on Fire, and he calls his people Fire Nation. So I'm thinking, what can I call my Beacons of Bravery audience? I mean, some I've played around with the idea of something with Bob, you know, short for beacons of bravery, the first initials of each word. Um, but I'm just kind of playing around with what I can call y'all because we're a group. We're a pact and we are, you know, learning and going through all this together. So I want to kind of have a way to bind us together. So if you have any ideas... You can DM me on Instagram, Carrie.Normand, and that's C-A-R-I. Or you can email me at beaconsofbravery at gmail.com. Either way, I'd love to hear from you to see if you have any ideas of what we can call our our tribe, um, the Beaconators. <laughs> that's, that's really bad. But anyway, I'm open to any and all ideas. Things here in Louisiana have gotten back to a little bit more normal um, now that Snowmageddon 2021 is over when we had three degree temperatures and no no electricity, no water, no Wi-Fi. So uh, happy to have weathered that storm again. And I just hope everyone's doing well. Um, I hope that you are learning and growing from some of the things we have in these podcasts. And once again, I cannot tell you how I'm excited for you to hear this podcast. Please share it with somebody who you think needs to hear it. And it will it will mean the world to me. Anyway, sit back, relax and enjoy. Welcome to the Beacons of Bravery podcast. I'm your host, Carrie Norman former perfectionist, people pleaser, and rule follower who woke up one day and realized I'd been living somebody else's dream because of my fear of stepping outside the lines. That's why I started this podcast, to interview authors, entrepreneurs, and everyday people who learn to overcome their fears and obstacles in order to live the life of their dreams, to shine the light on how we can live the life of our dreams. Welcome to the Beacons of Bravery podcast, Victoria Leozanowski. Correct me if I'm wrong. It was perfect. Uh, <laughs> close enough. Are we going to go with that? Yep. <laughs> well, uh, Victoria and I also connected on the group, the Serving Circle. And what I'm so excited about is that she is a public speaking specialist, I'll call you. And if you've listened to any of my podcasts before, you know, that is my Achilles heel. It has always been the bane of my existence. Cannot stand to public speak, even though I have to do it a lot. So I cannot wait to talk to you, Victoria. (laughs) I am so excited to be here. And you know, honestly, Gary, I've listened to your podcast. There is absolutely no way 
you sound like you are nervous or that you are not confident. So we're going to talk about it a lot. Okay. But I just want everybody to remember you feel a lot more scared than you actually appear. Okay. You feel a lot more scared. Other people do not see it. And that's why you never, ever want to preface any presentation by saying, oh, you know what? I'm so scared because yeah. people did not know. Right. And I don't do that in public speaking, but with just one-on-one, -on -one, I'm, I'm telling you that. <sighs> so anyway, I cannot wait <laughs> to get into uh, learning about how you got where you are. But as kind of a ice-breaking question, not there's ice to break, but um, where are you in the birth order of your siblings, or are you an only child? And how, if any, do you feel like that has played an effect on your life? I unfortunately am the only child. Oh, not unfortunately. It is unfortunately okay. because, you know, I am so, I've always been so envious of my friends who had a sibling because you kind of feel like you have a built-in friend. Mm -hmm. And I am an introvert, very much an introvert. And being that only child and always being by myself, you know, with parents working and me coming home from school and being alone, alone, alone. I think it really set up kind of the future path where I do prefer to be alone. Mm -hmm. I do prefer to rest when I'm alone. Mm -hmm. I'm definitely a very typical introvert in that where I recharge when I am by myself and I get drained when I'm surrounded by other people, which is typical, very typical right. for an introvert. And I think it was a little bit influenced by being the only child. Yeah. I mean, I can definitely see that. Um, so what, how would you describe what you do currently? If someone asks you what you do, what do you tell them? I would say that I am a public speaking coach, but I wouldn't just leave it at that. I would say I help introverted entrepreneurs and business professionals overcome their fear of public speaking and transform into confident, compelling, and captivating speakers. Because in, in its essence, this is exactly what I do. I don't just help somebody um, build a career as a public speaker or become a paid public speaker. I don't help somebody get on a TED stage. What I do help people do is create that unshakable confidence in everyday life where they are speaking in front of any people. And that could be at work in a meeting, it could be on a live stream, it could be on a podcast, it could be on video, it could be on stage. Anytime you're in front of people, if you are uncomfortable, if you are afraid of being in front of an audience, this is exactly what I help with. And it's so interesting because you've already said you're an introvert and kind of that way. But I have learned over the years that so many speakers that we see on stage, public figures are actually introverts. You know, we always think about the salesman type, the extroverts that are just out there, blah, you know, yeah. but so many speakers are introverts. And so it, it's just weird. You don't think of it like that, right? It is weird. And so many performers as well. Like, right. um, here's an example. I drove through Memphis a few years ago and Every time I drive through Memphis, I go to Graceland. I have a little bit of a crush on Elvis Presley. <laughs> and I, when I was in Graceland and I was walking around the museum, there was a quote by him that basically said, every time I'm on stage, I experience stage fright. It mm -hmm. never goes away. He, as it turns out, was a huge, huge introvert. The craziest thing is that someone who has been performing in front of millions of people, right? Millions of people entertaining every single night is actually a massive introvert who is afraid of being in front of an audience. I did not know that about him, but I wonder if that has anything to do with, I mean, he died of drug or alcohol, didn't he? I, I wonder if he had to do that to work up the nerve to get on stage, you know? I read something very interesting and that actually applies to a lot of introverts mm -hmm. if you are an introvert 
and you're uncomfortable with public speaking. The worst thing that you can do is go and talk to people right before you have to present or right before you have to walk into a meeting, let's say, and speak up. You do not want to get into any situation where, where you're draining your energy. So what Elvis Presley was doing, which is kind of amazing, he would have his trailer parked a short distance from the venue, right? Mm -hmm. And then right at the time when he had to go to the venue, he would walk alone. He would walk alone all by himself without anybody talking to him, without anybody getting on into his zone so that he can be as recharged as possible and then he goes on stage and then he's in front of all of those people and then he's draining his batteries out there but in order to recharge you do not want to be in a situation where people are talking to you and you are socializing you're networking if you are an introvert that's a huge no i, I can relate with that yeah yeah you want to be as recharged as possible and normally you would do it by being alone, just mm -hmm. just something little to keep in mind because it does help so much. Yeah. Well, I kind of forgot to do this at the beginning, but I want to kind of go back to it now because you've already dropped so many huge value bombs on us and I, we're just getting started. But I always like to ask, where are you calling in from? Where are you in the world today? I am in Houston, Houston, Texas. We Ooh, are neighbors. <laughs> yeah, um, I am in Houston, but originally, of course, I don't sound Texan, right? Yeah. I, originally, I am from Russia, and I came to the United States uh, when I was in my early 20s, which was close to 25 years ago okay. and it's funny because I came as an adult and my accent didn't really go away and even though I've been in the U.S. for 25 years when people talk to me they're like oh she just moved <laughs> it's, you know it's just so funny just because I have an accent and and everybody's like oh welcome to the United States I'm like thank you <laughs> I've been here a while especially in the south I mean where there's a southern drawl you know a lot yeah so Interesting. So I'd like to go back a little bit. You've already told us you were an only child. Now we know you were raised in Russia. How did that happen that you as a 20 something year old got from Russia to Houston or wherever you came to first? And then ultimately, what got you interested in public speaking as an introvert? Yeah, uh, my whole family immigrated when um, we had an opportunity. My uncle won a green card back mm -hmm. in um, late 80s, early 90s. And so we were able to come as well in mid 90s, which was extremely fortunate. I, I feel so lucky because at that time it, it was hard mm -hmm. uh, to get out. And so I'm, I feel very fortunate that we were able to do it. And I graduated from the university in Russia. And so I came here, I already spoke some English. Mm. I had a degree in uh, computer science. And when I came here, I immediately got my master in computer science as well. And I really did not plan on a coaching career in any way or form. I was a software engineer when I started and that was, something that I love to do. That was my thing. But what happened is a few years after I decided to start my first business. I'm very entrepreneurial. And as soon as I got that bug, I couldn't get it out of my system. I was like, no, I have to, I have to try it. <laughs> and so I started um, a software development company back where, when I, where I was in Colorado. And I, at the time, was very, very much afraid of speaking in public. Mm. And the thing is, it was such a long time ago. It was before Facebook, it was mm -hmm. before YouTube. You actually had to go out and speak to people. You know, you couldn't, you couldn't just stay behind the computer. So if you wanted to grow a company, grow a business, get known as an expert in your niche, attract clients, have clients trust you, you actually had to go and speak. And that was awful because I was terrified, absolutely terrified, you know, between 
English not being my first language and not speaking really well and being having all kinds of, you know, insecurities. And it's my first business. It was a very difficult time. And I just kept on doing things that everybody recommends you do, you know, like do it scared and fake it till you make it and practice makes perfect. And it wasn't working. (laughs) It wasn't working at all. I, I continued trying and I wasn't really connecting to my audience. I was still scared. I still wasn't um, having a good time speaking Mm -hmm. to people. And that's when I realized I am, I'm not doing it right. Something is off. I'm not doing it. Like I'm very logical, right? I'm software engineer. I am, Mm -hmm. I'm clearly not doing something right because if I was doing it right with the amount of practice I was getting and doing everything that everybody said I should, I I should be a good public speaker, right? Mm -hmm. And I realized that there is a lot that people don't talk about. There is a lot that you need to change in your mindset, Mm -hmm. in the way you see public speaking, in the way you see yourself, in the way you see your audience before you can become truly confident. Because what I realized was happening is I was putting band-aids on my confidence. I was trying to put lipstick on a pig, right? <laughs> How they say, I was, I was literally trying to put a bandaid on my confidence where I would pretend I'm confident, but I wasn't feeling confident and I would continue feeling like a fraud. And that would create that vicious cycle that a lot of people are very familiar with. Me, I'm raising my hand to <laughs> every little thing you just said. <laughs> yeah. So tell us how you discovered the way out. Well, what I realized until I learn how to feel confident, I won't be showing up as somebody confident. I can pretend and try to appear confident all day long, but again, in the back of my mind, I will always feel like a fraud. And so I realized the only thing that you can truly do, the one, the thing that not only gonna make a difference right now, but make a difference in the future forever, that will stick. The only thing you can do is learn how to be confident on the inside. Because when you feel confident on the inside and you project that confidence, you can't help it. You appear confident Mm -hmm. and people connect with you. And once I started making those shifts, things started working out. These things all of a sudden I'm like, oh, wait, okay, well, today I did the presentation and I wasn't feeling quite as scared. What did I do? And I just kept on sort of going back and deconstructing every single step I was doing, again, remember, I was a software engineer, mm-hmm. <laughs> very much left-brained, and taking each of those little steps and trying to improve. But it was all about mindset. And then, again, I am still running my own businesses. I'm still doing corporate career. I have no intention whatsoever to teach public speaking. Mm-hmm. But as I continued giving presentations, I continued training and doing a lot of different things within my business and within a corporate career, people started coming up to me and started asking like, hey, how are you doing it? You feel so confident, you feel so at ease. You feel like such a natural, (laughs) I'm not a natural. You can't even imagine how much afraid I used to be. And people started asking me to teach them, to help them. And I realized something, you know, it's funny, you always think you're the only one, right? You, you always feel like, well, it's just me. I'm just not confident. It's just me being afraid. Everybody else has it fine. When you realize that actually, no, almost everyone experiences this fear. Mm-hmm. So many people experience this fear of public speaking. And I knew how to fix it. I knew how to help them overcome this fear because... I have gone through it myself and I knew every single step that I had to, to make in order to, in order to make that happen. Mm-hmm. And I basically just sit, sat down, put everything together as one big framework. And that became the foundation for my Brilliant Speakers Academy program. And that's how I ended up teaching public speaking. It was a very, you know, very uh, long and uh, winding road, yeah. but that's where I ended up just because I, I, people needed this. Yeah. 
Me for sure. And I'll probably be hiring you as a coach because uh, I mean, it's getting better, but here's my question. And I've done a lot of mindset work, a yeah. lot of it, you know, and knowing, I mean, it's not like I'd go up not knowing my topic. I'm an expert in my industry, but right before getting on stage or whatever, physiologically, I can't control it. Heart starts hammering. I mean, it's just like, how do you control that? I mean, I start sweating and then all of a sudden I know my voice is going to get quivery and you know, it's, it's terrible. I mean, and, and so, I mean, that's the thing that hinders me. I know what I'm talking about. I know, I know what I'm talking about, but my physiology is working against me. (laughs) What do you say to that? You know, this is a crazy thing because when people say, oh, um, I'm very uncomfortable with public speaking they are usually experts in what they do. Mm-hmm. These are usually, you know, leaders and companies. These are entrepreneurs who really know their stuff. It has nothing to do with how much of an expert we are, how much we actually know, how much we even believe in ourselves, how much work we have done. It still hits you mm-hmm. because what happens physiologically is that our brain cannot tell a difference between what I call reasonable fear and unreasonable fear. And reasonable fear is a real fear where you are swimming in the ocean and God forbid, there is a shark right in front of you, right? You experience those fear symptoms immediately. You're, you're, you're shaking, right? You get sweaty. That's, you, you that's my response before public speaking. That mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And public speaking, you would think, right? It has nothing to do with physical danger. We know that logically, we know that it's not life-threatening, but as soon as you go in front of an audience, our brain sends exactly the same physical response to, to, to our body as if it was a real fear. Our brain cannot tell the difference. And the first thing, the first thing you need to do, and that's not gonna be like, fix it all. Right. But it's still the very first little step is to remind yourself that this is not life-threatening. And then ask yourself, what's going to be the worst thing that's going to happen? You always need this sense of perspective. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times we're so wrapped up. We're so wrapped up in our fear, we don't even realize that the worst thing that's going to happen is that you're just going to speak scared. People won't see that you're scared anyway. I've (laughs) passed out before. (laughs) Okay, that's the worst thing that's going to happen. But on a big scheme of things, you you have to ask yourself on a big scheme of things, is this going to completely and totally ruin my life? No. So that's like like the very first thing you have to remind your brain. This is not that's going to, it's not going to fix it. Right. But you have to give it a certain degree of perspective. That's the first thing you do. But the next step is very important. And that's what's actually going to help you eliminate those fear symptoms. And that is shift the focus completely away from you to your audience. Mm -hmm. Easier said than done, right? You may even logically understand that this needs to happen, but how do you actually do it? Well, the way you do it is you literally... And it's, it's intentional. It's, it's not going to happen by itself. It's very intentional. But you have to tell yourself, why am I here? Why am I here? Am I here because I need to speak? Or am I here because I am making a difference in whoever I'm speaking to? Mm-hmm. And the question changes from what is my audience thinking of me? Because that's a question that really triggers us, right? Oh, what are they thinking? Oh, they're going to think I'm not good enough. I don't know my stuff. Yeah, exactly. So you take that question and you intentionally change it to from what are they thinking of me to how am I going to make them feel? Mm-hmm. How am I going to make them feel? You, when you get on a podcast you may be asking yourself that question, what, what, what are they going to think of me? Oh, what if they don't like this? Uh, right? 
But instead, you shift the focus away from you to them by changing that question to, what's my intention for today? How am I going to make them feel? And then as you start speaking, you put all of your focus on literally what you're saying and how what you're saying is impacting people that you're speaking to. And you don't allow yourself to go, and it's again, it's intentional, it's work. You don't allow yourself to go back even for a second into that back of your mind where, oh, I'm not good enough. Oh, they're thinking of, I'm not, I don't know my stuff. You don't allow yourself to go there. You keep on staying in that zone of giving, in that zone of benefiting, in that zone of creating a difference, creating a feeling in somebody else's life. Mm -hmm. And what happens is actually really interesting because when you stay in that zone, when you intentionally shift the focus away from you to your audience, your brain, it's not, it cannot focus on those two big things at the same time. It cannot focus on you being insecure and keep on reminding yourself how scared you are and how much you're trying to help your audience. It can't do those things at the same time. So when you start intentionally shifting the focus to your audience, your brain starts focusing only on, you know, what's coming out of your mouth to impact your audience. Mm -hmm. And what you're gonna notice a few minutes later is as you are shifting the focus, you are not feeling those physical symptoms as much. Mm -hmm. You're no longer sweaty. You, your, your throat is no longer dry. You are staying in that mindset of how am I making them feel? And for as long as you stay in that mindset, your physical symptoms, because the brain is the one that's sending us physical symptoms, right? The physical symptoms are not going to be increasing. In fact, they're going to start diminishing. Mm -hmm. And this becomes a habit. This is... This is what's very important. It's not just about, well, let's make it happen today. Or let's make it happen tomorrow. It's about making it a habit so that every time you're talking, you never go back into that, who am I? I'm not good enough. You always stay in the mindset of giving. Giving and making your audience feel a certain way. This is so important. A hundred percent. And actually what you're touching on right now reminds me of a book I read a couple years ago before I was going to give a speech and I was, I mean, oh, didn't want to do it. And it, the book was called Sweating Bullets. And I'm hoping to get that author on the show one day too. But he said the same thing is that it's almost selfish when you're up there and you're thinking of how do I feel if you put your whole heart into the audience, you know, and how can I help them rather than self-focused? And he described it in a whole parable. It was really cool. But um, so I've done that sometimes, sometimes more successfully than others. But I mean, I, I love what you're saying because it's true. I mean, if you're thinking everyone's focused on me, no, they're not. I mean, they want you to do good. They're uncomfortable if you struggle, right? They actually, the truth is, they don't care if you're nervous or not. Right. That thought doesn't even cross their mind. Like when you're listening to a podcast, does it ever cross your mind that, oh, well, like are you sitting there going like, oh, I wonder if she's nervous. No, <laughs> right? We're like, we're just, the reason we're listening, to, let's say a podcast, or we're watching a live stream or watching a video or whatever we are as an audience receiving, the reason we need it is because we want to either learn, we want to get inspired, we, there is... Really, the biggest reason we're listening or watching something is because it makes us feel a certain way. Mm -hmm. And we just want to experience this. We are not there to judge the person who is delivering it because, mm -hmm. we, we, as, because we are in the audience and the person is on the given end, we already see them as an expert, right? Mm -hmm. If you watch any TV show, you already seen that person as an expert simply because you're in the audience and they are on stage, right? Yeah. So 
we are giving them so much credit right away. And people forget this. People, people think, oh, I'm going to get judged. No, nobody is out there to judge you. And again, to remind you, we feel a lot more scared than we appear. And so as long as you stay in that mindset of how can I focus, like literally every time I open my mouth, I need to focus on whatever is coming out is benefiting my audience somehow. It's making them feel a certain way. And if you literally stay focused on this intentionally, that every single time I open my mouth, it's given, you don't have the capacity to keep on going back and going like, oh, I don't know, maybe, oh, what did they just say? Are they judging? You just don't have the capacity. You just keep on going, right? Because you're not stopping. You keep on talking. And so it's, it's literally magical mm-hmm. how it helps when we stop focusing on us mm-hmm. and we don't allow our brain to continue sending fear signals. It's like we're stopping those fear signals in their track. And it truly, truly works. And of course, again, this is not everything. (laughs) This is not everything, but- That's when we need to contact you for more. (laughs) But it's the first step. You have to take the first step. You have to see that you are- fully capable of delivering an amazing, amazing presentation Mm -hmm. without fear. Everybody is. So let me ask you this, because it seems like there are some people, I know some people who it could be their first time, second time, third time, they're extroverts, they're a little bit flamboyant, whatever. They seem to have no fear. I know there might be a little bit, but like they don't, they don't care. They have a speech tomorrow. They don't lose, lose sleep over it. How are there people like that? What makes them different? And I don't think it's because they're not focused on themselves. I don't know. I don't know what the difference is. You know, it's interesting. I, I haven't met a lot of those people. They're, they're definitely a minority. Yeah. <laughs> they're not a majority. Majority are like us. You know, mm-hmm. they, are, they are losing sleep. Well, I'm not losing sleep anymore, but I used to. Yeah. But here's, here's the thing. I believe when you know how to shift the focus from you to your audience, your presentation is going to be so much better. The, there are a lot of people who are very extroverted, who are very focused on themselves, and they go out there and speak. And it's truly all about them. Mm-hmm. And then you may go out there and speak. And you spend the whole time shifting the focus away from you to your audience because that helps you feel more confident. But at the same time, it makes the experience so much better for your audience because they feel it. They feel when somebody is out there speaking for the sake of just, you know, let me show off how great I am, how smooth and everything, right? (laughs) Versus somebody who is giving that audience their heart. Like they feel it. It's all of this passion is so contagious. You know, when you are completely and totally focused on your audience, they truly feel it. And so it's funny, but I almost feel as an introvert, you have an advantage. Mm -hmm. Even though, yes, as an introvert, you don't want the spotlight. You are not seeking the spotlight. You don't like the spotlight. We as introverts, we are so good at shifting the focus away from us to the other person because that's just, it's just an introvert thing. Whereas for an extrovert, they really keep the focus on them because they like that spotlight on them. And that makes it harder to truly connect mm-hmm. to that audience. Because we end up seeing them as up on a pedestal, like I'll never be that, you know, they're so great, you know? And so you do, you almost wind up a little bit depressed after listening <laughs> to speakers like that, because you're like, I'll never be them. I'll never do what they do. When yeah. maybe we can be a little more relatable. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why perfection 
is no longer the thing. Right. Like if you think, I don't know, maybe like 40 years ago, right? If you think of a public speaker 40 years ago, they had to be perfect and polished and all of that, right? Mm-hmm. A man in a suit. Whereas now, people don't connect with that. Mm-hmm. People don't connect with somebody who is full of himself or herself and it's all about them and the focus is on them and they're just speaking because, you know, I'm so awesome. They're not relatable. Mm-hmm. People don't connect with perfection. People connect with somebody genuine, somebody authentic. Mm-hmm. And that's why it is so, so, so important that you don't try to pretend to be somebody you're not, that you don't try to mimic a, a person that maybe you admire. Yeah. It's so important because only when you're being yourself, you truly don't need to worry about how you're being perceived Mm -hmm. because you know you don't need to put that constant facade of being somebody else you can just be yourself and once you once you learn how to build that confidence it becomes easy Mm -hmm. because all you have to do is just to go and show up as yourself and focus on your audience and and people connect with you Mm -hmm. whereas if all you're trying to do is appear perfect and appear somebody like somebody you're not, all you've done is you've built a facade of fakeness. And at some point, people will either figure out it's just a facade or your audience just won't connect with you mm-hmm. like they would if you were a real person. So let me go this route because... I have felt this a lot and I know I've heard other people say the same thing. If you are working in a corporate field or a scientific field or whatever, and you're professional, it feels like we have to put on our professional expert voice to go up there because it's not professional to be sharing, you know, like we're sharing here. So how do you get past that barrier? So you're an expert, yeah. you're a scientist, you're a, whatever you are, the lead doctor in your field, and you're going to go give this speech and it's kind of technical. It's not really maybe even inspirational, but I mean, how do you get that relationship with the audience in that situation? You know, it's so funny because this word professional comes up so often uh-huh. with my students <laughs> all the time because I, I obviously help a lot of business professionals. So they are, there is always this question, but, but I'm not going to come across as professional. Okay, so let's break this down. What's a professional? Professional is someone who shows up on time and does a good job. Mm-hmm. That's professional. Showing up in, so let's say you are an engineer and you are delivering a presentation at work Mm -hmm. about the project that your team is completing. Maybe you're a leader of that team. And do you have to pretend to be somebody you're not? No. You still need to be yourself. However, you need to be the best, the most confident version of you. And this is what I teach all the time is that a lot of us, we're professionals. Mm-hmm. We are professionals because we are experts at what we do and we do a really good job. That makes us professionals. But we don't walk, even though we know who we are, we believe in ourselves, we know, we own how much we know. We don't walk around 24-7 feeling confident, right? right? Nobody does. And you don't need to. You don't need to feel confident 24-7. The point is, you need to learn how to feel confident whenever it matters. So that if you are going on Zoom and you're delivering a presentation on a Zoom meeting, you turn on that camera, you need to learn how to bring out the best, the most confident version of you and still be yourself. Mm-hmm. You don't need to share personal details to be relatable. To be relatable, you need to be able to speak from the heart, even though it is in a professional environment. And what I teach my students is how to learn, how to build up 
that super confidence mm -hmm. that is there all the time. You may not be exercising it all the time, but it's there all the time. And you're able to pull it on demand whenever it's needed so that when it's, it's, it's a meeting at work or it's presentation on stage, you are turning on that confidence switch mm -hmm. and you're showing up as the most confident version of you, but still you. This is very important. And this, I think, is where this word professional comes in. And a lot of people are trying to pretend to be somebody they're not. Right. You learn how to be the most confident version of you, not the most confident version of how your coworkers show up. It's still you. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes it so unique and so relatable. And that's what helps you speak up and, and truly be a leader and have people follow you because they see how authentic you are yeah. while still being confident and assertive. Mm -hmm. So the whole thing about being professional, I always discourage my, discourage my students from, you know, even using the word professional because everybody has this connotation, right? Oh, but professional means something. No, professional means you show up on time, you do a good job. Mm. That's all. That's all that has to do with being professional. <laughs> Everything else is still you, is still speaking from your heart. It doesn't matter if you deliver a technical presentation or if you're trying to inspire millions. You are pulling that confidence pulling the best, most confident version of you, and you are speaking from your heart. You're speaking and trying to make a difference in somebody else's life. You don't need to inspire them if you're doing a technical presentation. <laughs> you are trying to, you still think, how am I trying to make them feel? Why, why am I doing this presentation? How am I trying to make everybody feel? And, and, the answer could be, no, then I don't need to be inspired, but maybe they need to feel very, very good about the status of this project. Maybe they need to feel that we're on track. Mm -hmm. This person who is giving a presentation really knows what she's doing and we're in good hands. Everything is going well. So you give them that feeling mm -hmm. and you focus your whole presentation on making that feeling happen. Does it make sense? Yeah. And that's perfect. I've never heard somebody say that about the technical things, like you're saying, because you think about, well, I'm going to be a good speaker. I have to inspire the audience. But like you're saying, you're telling them an engineering project, you know, that's not what they need to hear. So that was perfect because uh, yeah, like I said, I've never heard it broken down like that. And I wish you guys could see Victoria on camera She's so expressed when she talks about speaking from the heart, she's giving it with her hands and with her body language. So, I mean, I know you can hear it in her voice, but I mean, she obviously lives and breathes this. And, and again, I, I just want, everybody needs speaking for different reasons, right? right? You could be an entrepreneur, you could be a business professional, you could be anything. You find the reason why you're opening your mouth. Mm -hmm. Because public speaking is not something formal. Public speaking is literally we speak in front of any people. It could be meeting, it could be live stream, it could be podcast, anything. But you find a reason. You find the reason why you are opening your mouth at this particular moment. Mm -hmm. And you focus on that reason. And that's what's going to make a difference more than anything else. It's not about tips and tricks. It's not about, you know, you sometimes read books and, and somebody says, oh, well, or maybe articles where people would say, oh, if only you walk this way, <laughs> then you're going to be a good speaker. Or only if you, you know, use your hands a certain way, yeah. or if you use your voice a certain way. And it all has to come from the heart. You, all of those tips and tricks, if you don't have the confidence, the, the, if you don't feel confident, if all you're trying to do is to appear confident and put in the band-aid of those tips and tricks, you will never feel at ease. You will never feel connected to your audience. You will never enjoy it. It's only when you learn how to truly feel confident is when you truly focus 
on what you're trying to do is when you're truly focused on the end result, not end result for you, but end result for people right. you're speaking to. That's when you become a really great speaker. It's Re not about tips and tricks. Rewind that, highlight it, <laughs> underline it, exclamation point, 100%. So Victoria, you've overcome, it appears, I don't know that I like that word either, but fear of public speaking, you've gotten better at it and you've learned how to connect with an audience. Is there anything out there for you that still like in the future, future dreams that you may still have a lingering fear or has the confidence you've built through this spilled over into your everyday life? You know, it's funny, the confidence spilled into everyday life. This is so amazing is when you learn to build the confidence it doesn't just apply to public speaking. It applies to everything, which, of course, it starts with speaking because it's, it's so much easier when you know you can walk into any room or you can turn on any um, you know, video camera and you know you can speak with confidence. It, life becomes so much easier because you, you, you are now not afraid of opportunities that you can take and you can actually go after opportunities that you never even imagined you could pursue. So yes, once you learn to build that confidence switch, once you learn to create that best version of you and then project it on demand, turn on that best, most confident person inside of you. And I call it inner superhero. Yeah. Uh, so when you are able to summon that inner superhero on demand, the sky is the limit because now it's not just about speaking. It's about feeling. It's about knowing who you are and knowing that you are able to connect with anyone. And it could be an interview, it could be a sales call, it could be a presentation, it could be pretty much anything. And I think it's, it's probably the most important thing that you can do in your life is to learn how to be confident, is to learn how to feel confident, not how to appear to project it. Yeah. yeah. But I'm good at the confident band-aids, like you say. So <laughs> I can't well, wait. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I was going to say, you know, it's, it's, we all look for a solution. You know, you, you may not know that the different solution exists. We all look for a solution. And sometimes band-aids are the only solution that we found. I just want everyone to know this is not going to be a lifelong solution. And what you want is you want to create a skill that's going to stay with you for the rest of your life. Because the truth is, once you learn how to conquer your fear of speaking, especially, it never comes back. You don't go back on it. It becomes a habit. Or it, you, you, you need to work on it to become a habit. Let's, let me rephrase it. It doesn't become a habit automatically. You, first you learn, right? First you learn something then you need to implement it. Because if you just hear something, but you don't actually implement it, you're not going to make a difference in your life. So you may have been listening to me, right? But if you don't implement what I'm talking about, then you won't see a difference. But then you implement it. You start seeing difference. But now you need to truly internalize it and make it a habit. Mm -hmm. Because once you make something a habit, it becomes such a part of your daily life, such a part of who you are, you don't go back mm -hmm. to who you used to be. And I'm sure there's people in the audience thinking, well, this doesn't apply to me. I don't have to speak for a living. I don't have to speak up at work. I'm a stay-at-home mom. I'm this, I'm that. But you have to speak in your personal relationships too. And if you yeah. You build the confidence, you possibly won't be the doormat that you've been. I mean, what do you think about that? Because it applies to everybody. I mean, it applies to everybody. Yep. It applies to everybody. It applies to everything. It's learning and it's, you know, exactly what your podcast is about. It's about learning how to step up, right? How to speak up, how to be brave, how to build confidence, how to change your life. Mm -hmm. really that's that's what we're talking about right. and you when you learn how to be confident 
it spills into every single area mm -hmm. of your life. And you always, even when you're a stay-at-home mom, there is always something where you can apply this. Mm -hmm. Personal relationships or um, I wouldn't call it professional relationships, but yeah, PPA, like, like <laughs> organizations where yeah. you still have to speak, you still have to connect to people. Mm -hmm. And it, it's so, so, so important. It, it's the biggest gift you truly can give yourself. Mm -hmm. And like you said, it's like the podcast, when you have that inner self-confidence, you literally are a beacon. Yes. People are attracted to that and they'll Absolutely. come to you. You don't have to keep pushing and pulling to get people there. You're yeah. shining a light and they come to you. Yeah. And people connect to you. People truly connect with you because they see you as a leader, mm -hmm. even though you may not think of yourself as a leader, but you, when you learn to project your confidence, you learn to speak up with you know, with a feeling of poise, with a, with a feeling of control. People, and at the same time, you're still being yourself, right? You're right. still being genuinely you. That's when people get really, really attracted to you. Mm -hmm. That's when people call it, you know, that you have this magnetic presence. It's, it's a combination of all of those things of confidence and of being genuine. Yeah. So I, I'm at the end, I'm going to, you're going to tell people how they can connect with you and, and get coaching if they need to. And I know a lot of people are listening to this thinking I need to connect with Victoria. Um, but before we get to that part, I want to ask you some of the questions, the like fun five questions that I ask everyone just to get your opinion on things. And the first one is, is there a book that has made a big impact in your life that you can recommend to the audience? Yeah, this is a book that doesn't necessarily apply to everyone. It applies to entrepreneurs, Okay, but it, it has made a huge difference in my life. And I have been applying lessons from that book to every business that I've built. And it's called E-Myth Revisited. And a lot of people know about this book. It's yeah. been like a entrepreneurial Bible for the last, I want to say 25 years, maybe. Um, it's really all about creating a system and systematizing your business. So if you are an entrepreneur, I would highly, highly recommend that you get your hands on that book. It reads really easily mm -hmm. and it will make a gigantic impact on you. And that was the E-Myth e -myth Revisited by Michael Gerber. Michael Gerber. Yeah. And I love quotes. I, I think they're inspirational. I think it's good to drop them into speeches and anything you're doing. Yeah. You have one, two, three favorite quotes that you kind of come back to time and again? My latest favorite. I actually only discovered it maybe in the last, I don't know, few months. And I love it so much. It's by Erin Hansen. Mm -hmm. And here it goes. And you ask, what if I fail? No, I'm sorry. One more time. <laughs> and you ask, what if I fall? Oh, my darling, what if you fly? Oh, that is so beautiful. What yeah. if I fall? Oh, my darling, what if you fly? It is such, oh, such an, I don't know, such an optimistic, such a, such a beam of light yeah. to me. Because for a lot of people, this quote can really, it can really change their life. Because a lot of people feel that they... <laughs> You know, they get stuck in what if I fall? What if I fall? Yeah. Mentality. Fall I know. Or fail. It could be. Yeah. Or fail. Yeah. Exactly. And I know personally a lot of people who can only relate to the first part of this quote. Mm -hmm. What if I fall? They can't see. They can't turn around and see the possibilities. Mm -hmm. And these are the people that I want to remind. But what if you fly? Right. You always have to see the possibilities and, and be accepting of failure right be accepting that yes i may fall but what if i fly right and truly that's what held me back from putting a podcast out for two years as i it was always a dream but i thought what if it just flops and people think i'm crazy and you know what is she doing now you know 
but what if it doesn't? Right. What if if there's people who need to hear what we're talking about? Absolutely. You cannot put the focus on what if I fail and you can certainly, certainly cannot put the focus on what will other people think of me. Right. I grew up in a family where it was all about, oh, what will people think? It was the most important appearance. It was the most important thing Mm -hmm. is how do people perceive you? Mm-hmm. And you, you, you need to do everything in your power to create a perception yeah. for other people instead of living your life. So I am very, I, I relate to this really mm-hmm. a lot because I have been growing up with this and it's been always rubbing me the wrong way. And I've really tried to live my life where I don't allow my perception of what other people may think. It's not even what they think. It's my perception of what they may think determine what I do with my life. And so you you cannot put a focus on what you think other people think. Exactly as you said, Carrie, you put the focus on why do I need to do this? Mm -hmm. Why would I need to create this podcast. How would it impact other people's lives? Mm -hmm. And when you stay in that zone, that's when magic happens. Yeah. And a little off topic, but I feel like that's why social media can be so damaging too, is because everyone's putting out the best perceptions of themselves. And we see that and we're like, what's wrong with me? I um, didn't brush my teeth today. You know, <laughs> it's like they're so perfect taking family pictures every other day, and I can't even oh. get my act together. So, same thing. Absolutely. We were all raised, some of us were raised in that generation where it is what will people think? But what a actually tragic way to live. It's yes. not real, it's not you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you, you, you get to the end of your life looking back, what? did I do with my life? Not much because I was always stopped by, oh, what if somebody says something that, you know, may not be good. And that stopped a lot of people. Again, in my family, people I know very close to me stopped them from going after anything in their life, which is very sad. They could have flown. Absolutely. Absolutely. So do you, like listening to podcasts? Do you have any favorites? You know, I used to listen to a lot of podcasts when I was driving yeah. and then COVID oh, yeah. hit. And then of course, none of us are driving because that was, I, I genuinely don't just sit and listen. I, I'd rather read. Yeah. <laughs> but I, when I used to drive a lot and I would be listening to a lot of, a lot of podcasts, I tend to listen to business podcasts mm-hmm. a lot more. And of course, there are a lot, a lot of them. I really like marketing podcasts. And so one of my favorite marketing podcasts, particularly for those of you guys who are in the online marketing industry, um, Online Marketing Made Easy with Amy Porterfield. Mm -hmm. That one is a really good, um, a really good podcast to help get into the online Mm-hmm. marketing world very and what what a better time for that mm-hmm. absolutely <laughs> a lot of people are wishing they would have been online building businesses a lot before covid but right yeah, that's a great one i can vouch for that one too yeah yeah um how about social media is there anybody you like to follow that's inspiring to you i mean people not a lot of people always follow social media and it sounds like you like to read and spend your time elsewhere but how about that? Um, I I follow a few people. I actually do not like to follow a lot of people because then you do get this whole, oh my gosh, they're also perfect and I am not, right? I mean, you do, yeah. you don't even you 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 kind of have to create a situation where you're not constantly looking at perfect photos. And so I tend to follow people who are very authentic, mm-hmm. who I relate to, and who. I can learn from who inspire me, but who are still being themselves. So I follow Marie Forleo. I really mm-hmm. like her. I follow Jasmine Starr. Yeah, she she's, is real. 
She's real. She is as real as they come. And she's, and, and of course, you know, now with her adoption story, it's just, yeah. it's just very, I, I just love uh, watching her stuff. And, she's and plus, great. of course, on in, her Instagram, she yeah. posts the best things all the time. Yeah. And it's yes. helpful. So Jasmine yeah. Starr, if you don't follow her, follow her. Yeah. Jasmine Starr, uh, Gary Vanichuk. I really like Gary. He is also as, <laughs> as real as they come. <laughs> Yeah, Gary V. So I, I, those are kind of the people I follow. I mm-hmm. try not to follow anybody who I, I consider a little bit too full of themselves. Yeah, I got you. That's <laughs> perfect. And let's go to a movie. Is there a movie that over your life recently or further back you watch time and time again? If you walk past it, it's on the screen. You have to stop and watch it. <laughs> Love actually. <laughs> Isn't love it crazy? <laughs> so it's crazy, but I love that movie so much. I don't even know why I love it so much, but it's just it just resonates with me. Every year around Christmas, I have to watch it. And my my 14-year-old really wanted to watch it. And of course, you know it's R-rated and it's like for a good reason. Like, I'm like closing his eyes and fast forwarding through the poem, you know, moments when he cannot watch it and, yeah. and then turning it back on for him. But I finally introduced him to this movie as well. But <laughs> I, I, I love it. It's, it's just, I love those movies that have this little vignettes of different stories mm-hmm. that are all interconnected. And this is an example of what I was talking about earlier when you're trying to make people feel a certain way. Mm-hmm. This is a type of a movie that worked really hard on making us feel a certain way. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why so many people adore it because every time you watch it, it makes you feel so excited and hopeful. Yeah. And, and, and it's just, it just makes you feel so warm inside. I, I think it's all about how movies make us feel. And this one does make me feel very happy. I wonder if the audience notices, like I have, that how much your voice changes. You know, you're, you go soft, you go louder, you go, you know, when it's time for people to lean in and listen, you go soft. And that is a sign of a good speaker. So, I mean, <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I, you know, what's interesting, I don't tr- like, I don't um, try to do it, mm-hmm. but it became a habit. Yeah. You see, that's the power of habit. Sometimes you you try to do something in the beginning and then it becomes second nature and you you let your voice be the roller coaster of emotions. Mm-hmm. Because again, everything you do, every time you speak, every time you open your mouth, you can, you can be contagious or you can be not contagious. And if you choose to be contagious, you have to let your passion and your truth be there because mm-hmm. when you when you speak from the heart when you are being really passionate about what you're you what you are discussing what you're teaching or what you are presenting on people really really catch on people yeah. really resonate with it and your voice is one of those mechanisms one of those vehicles that can help you project your passion and and really share your emotions and when you use your voice as a kind of a roller coaster mm-hmm. it helps your audience kind of lean in and be be on go on a journey with you because you're yeah. kind of taking them on a journey if it makes sense oh, it does and that's awesome well i've kept you for a long time and oh it's, it's been a been pleasure valuable <laughs> But I want to ask one last question mm-hmm. and, or just give you the op- opportunity. If there's something I haven't asked, or if you have something that you think you could share that would benefit the audience or something on your heart, just one last nugget that you could give as a way of, you know, parting. I just want to remind, I actually opened with this and I want to close with this because this is very important. And I think you, it's worth repeating. We feel a lot more scared than we appear. I want you to remember this, write it down if you have to. We feel a lot more scared than we appear. You are very often thinking that, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm just so scared and people will notice and um, I probably shouldn't even speak because I'm so scared. No, you won't appear quite as scared as you even may feel. Mm-hmm. And so don't give yourself that out. Don't give yourself that excuse. 
go for it, learn. I'm not a big fan of telling you to practice through fear because then you, it becomes a habit. Mm-hmm. Speak through fear and you kind of feel like every time you speak it, you need, you need to be scared. But you do need to build that courage muscle to remind yourself that what you have to say is valuable mm-hmm. and you can't be selfish and only think about your fear when what you have to say may actually change lives. And so remember that you feel a lot more scared than you appear. And so go out there and learn and practice and implement, internalize and make it a habit. Wow. What you have to say matters. What a great way to send us off, Victoria. (laughs) I'll have to have you back for a round two. I just know it because uh, (laughs) when practices everything, we'll go for a, you know, masterclass session. (laughs) Thank you. I I so thank you. And um, let people know how they can connect with you or what programs you may have. Um, And then I'll also put that in the show notes. Absolutely. You can find me online on my website, www.bybyvictoriaL.com. And I have several programs ranging from do-it-yourself self-study course to private coaching to group coaching. And I would love to work with you, but come to my website. I have some free training right there on the homepage. I think you're going to really enjoy and I would love to connect with you. Great. Thank you so much, Victoria. I look forward to continuing our friendship in the future. Thank you so much, Carrie. It's been really fun to be here. Thank you. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Beacons of Bravery podcast. If you enjoyed the show, I would love it if you would go and rate and review the show and also share it with somebody who you think would benefit from listening to the message. I would also love to connect with you on Instagram or you can email me at beaconsofbravery at gmail.com. I hope something that you heard today will help you go out and live a more joy-filled, inspired life. Don't keep playing it safe. Be brave today. And of course, a huge shout out to Steve Denny for providing the music for this podcast.